Thank you for listening to a Praise Chapel Kingman podcast. If you need any information about our church, or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at praisechapelkingman.com. Thank you, worship team. Praise God. Let's get my hand, would you? Don't you appreciate them cooperating with the Holy Ghost? Uh, tonight, I'm uh, preaching part two. Uh, it's our companion message of the last one I preached a couple of weeks ago on believing in the goodness of God, and I'm calling this uh, theme song, and you'll understand why. Uh, it's from the, the verse that I've got up there on the screen, Psalm 45, verse 1 is going to be what I'm going to launch from in this message tonight. Uh, but I was remembering some of the old theme songs from TV shows uh, when I was a kid, and that's not one of them. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, uh, I, th- I thought I would give you just a, a little sampling of, of some of these, maybe. 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 Move him on, hit him up, hit him up, move him on, move him on, hit him up, raw high. Cut him out, ride him in, let him in, let him out, cut him out, ride him in, raw. Didn't know I could hit that note, did you? You know, hearing that still creeps me out to this day. (laughs) And this one's a little more current. So some of you remember those, right? Especially the first two. Some of our, uh, our, the more, more seasoned of us. Notice how I didn't call us old. <clears throat> uh, there's a reason TV producers create theme songs to go along with their shows, and it's in the hopes that those theme songs will get stuck burrow their way into our brains and stay. And, and a lot of them do, don't they? Uh, it can almost be annoying how they get stuck in our heads. I've got these uh, theme songs from programs from the time I was a kid and even older that just kind of run through my head. I was in Safeway uh, yesterday and was sending money into Africa and and as I was there, uh, Bonnie behind the counter was kind of just, you know, she obviously had a tune going on in her head. So I said, so you got, you uh, um, got, I, I asked her if she had the earbuds in. At, and because she was, she goes, no, I just have a song going on. Uh, Bonnie was singing a song, got it stuck in my head. And I said, well, I can get that unstuck. And I went, da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da. And she goes, no, 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 stop. <laughs> 
But we all know and recognize some of those old theme songs. That was for the few who don't know is from the old program, The Adams Family. Now, if we're going to have a theme stuck in our heads, it should at least be a good one. And I came across this verse that we're going to uh, uh, launch from tonight in my devotional reading a, a week or so ago. It's from the Psalms, and I, I want you to remember that the Psalms were songs that were meant to be sung. And so the following psalm was a prophetic love song to the coming Christ, and it was set to one of the popular tunes of the day. It goes like this in Psalm 45, verse 1, to the chief, this was in, in uh, my Bible, to the chief musician, set to the lilies. Obviously a song of their time, a contemplation of the sons of Korah, a love song. And the first verse reads, my heart is overflowing with a good thing. I recite my composition concerning the king. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. Uh, the guy who wrote this psalm said that his heart was overflowing, or literally it means to be boiling over with a good theme. He was thinking of the coming Christ, the Messiah, and his heart boiled over in gratitude and praise. Now, for us here tonight, if we're going to have a theme stuck in our heads, it ought to be good, especially since we are living on the other side of when that psalm was written, and it's, we're not uh, singing about uh, the thoughts of the coming Christ uh, as far as the Messiah coming the first time. We understand we live in the revelation. We live in the experience that Jesus did come, didn't he? That he paid the price for our sins, and so the theme that we have as believers ought to be a good theme because we know what this psalm was written about in Psalm 45, verse 1, and we ought to have a good theme going on because Jesus is a good theme. We ought to have a good theme song going on in our heads. I say this because uh, I've, uh, I think that a lot of us, there are times that the theme stuck in our heads isn't always necessarily good. The words, the thoughts, the ideas uh, boiling over in our minds may not always be that great. And you know, they affect the quality of our lives. We hear so much bad news. I'm, I'm thankful that this week in the news there was a, a little bit of good news in the rescue of those in Thailand, those children and that coach. Uh, thank God there was a spark of good news. But as we looked and listened to the news of the day, so much of it is bad and gloomy and can make things, things seem so hopeless. I heard about a guy who goes into his doctor's office. A doctor said, oh, Mr. Jones, <clears throat> we have the, the results of your test. Do you want the bad news first or the very bad news? <clears throat> 
The guy shrugs, <clears throat> excuse me, and says, well, I guess I'll have the bad news first. He says, well, the bad news is you have 24 hours left to live. The man is distraught, 24 hours to live. That's horrible. What could be worse than that? That's very bad news. The doctor folds his hands and sighs and says, well, the very bad news is I've been trying to contact you since yesterday. <clears throat> and now tonight, listen, I have some good news in the midst of the bad and very bad news. The good news is what the gospel is all about. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus is a good thing. His very essence is good news. In Mark chapter 1 and verse 1, and then in verse 14, verse 1 says, The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. In verse 14, it says Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. This word gospel is significant. It's used throughout the New Testament. The first four books are referred to not just, at least in my Bible, not just as the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but they are called the Gospels or the good news of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They are all about Jesus, and Jesus is all about good news. So wherever you are reading your Bible and you come across the word Gospel, you need to say to yourself, good news. And I want you to say this with me tonight, Jesus is good news. Now look at somebody and tell them Jesus is good news. <clears throat> Even though there may be a lot of bad and negative stuff going on, we should have a good theme boiling over in our hearts uh, because we know Jesus. And if you are here tonight and you've never given your life to Christ, you're going to have the opportunity before this service is over so that you can have a, a good theme possibly replacing the bad theme in your heart. The good theme is that Jesus came, and he came for us. He died for us, and thank God he gave us a brand new life. Now, remember this. Christianity, at its very essence, is good news. There's enough bad news going around today for everybody and the brother. Bad uh, world news, uh, uh, bad weather, uh, if we're not careful, that can become our theme, you know, and the theme in some people, it's like you listen to them, and it's almost like, well, everything's bad, everything's bad, there are bad news everywhere, it's just bad, bad, how's it going, bad, uh, oh, what what'd you do today? Bad things. Uh, well, what's going on in uh, tomorrow? Bad things. Uh, it's like everything's what? Bad. But listen, Jesus did not come uh, uh, to give us a bad life uh, in a bad news world. In John 10.10, 10, he says the thief comes to steal, 
to kill and to destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Tonight, you and I have to believe this, that Jesus came to give us a rich, full, abundant life. And if we are not experiencing that, we are being ripped off by Satan. Now, having said that, I'm not saying that we're going to live a problem-free life. I think anybody who's ever heard me preach uh, has heard me uh, mention the fact that we are going to have difficulties and problems in this life. There are things that happen, and we all have our share of difficulties this side of eternity. But listen, if God has his way in us, in the midst of the difficulties, in the midst of the problem, you and I can still enjoy a rich, full life in spite of the problems. And this should be the theme boiling over in our hearts. Statements like the, this, 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 these are all based on Scripture, what you're looking at on the screen, and that is God is good and He will take good care of me. I want you to say that tonight. God is good and He'll take good care of me. I want you to say this. If God is for me, who can be against me? Nothing can separate me from the love of God. I look forward to the future because God has a plan for my life. Plans for good and not of evil. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. You know what that is? Good news. And that's why the psalmist writes about the coming Christ and says, my heart is overflowing with a good thing. Tonight, listen to me, if, if anybody ought to be overflowing with a good thing, it's us. God help us not to be negative, woeful, down and out, mud seers. Somebody says, mud seers? What are, you, what are you talking about? This is what I'm talking about. Two men looked out of prison bars. One saw mud. The other saw stars. It's all about what we're looking at, isn't it? It's about our perspective. And tonight, uh, we shouldn't have our heads cast down at all of the difficulties and, and the junk going on in this life. Jesus said... Uh, uh, and when he gives the list of the, of the uh, signs of his coming and the trouble and the tribulation in this world, he says, as you begin to see these things uh, come to pass, lift up your eyes uh, and look because your redemption draws nigh. You know, we live in a time that is difficult. We live in a world that is so off kilter and messed up and Weird. But Jesus said, when you begin to see these things, lift up your eyes and look. You know why? Our redemption draws nigh. Our redemption is drawing close. Uh, just as Jesus came the first time, he's coming back 
the second time. Jesus did come. He died. He conquered death, hell, and the grave, and then he rose again from the dead, and tonight he promises that he's coming back. You know what that is? Good news. And the world could use some good news right about now, couldn't they? The theme song of Christianity in the blues, we're not singing as believers. We shouldn't be singing the blues. Eric Clapton sang the song, Born Under a Bad Sun. I've been down since I began to crawl. If it wasn't for bad luck, I wouldn't have no luck at all. He did a much better job at that than I did, but you know, you know why? He had probably more practice. I don't sing that song. I just did it tonight just as an illustration, but you know what? I, we weren't, as God's people, we weren't born under a bad sign. We are born under a hopeful sign, the sign of the cross of Jesus Christ. We were born again under a good sign, the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Christ. We don't sing the blues. We shouldn't be singing the blues. We should sing the red and white. Red for the blood of Jesus and white because our sins have been made white as snow. Thank you, Jesus. I'm not going to be singing the blues. Tell somebody I'm singing the red and white. Now, a question we have to ask ourselves is what theme are we overflowing with? Now, the Bible tells us it's pretty easy to find out. In Psalm 45, verse 1, it points to this. It says, my heart is overflowing with a good theme. I recite my composition concerning the, teen, the king talking about the coming Jesus. And then he says this, my tongue is the pen of a ready writer. And what he is indicating here is that whatever theme we have will overflow or literally boil over from our hearts through our mouths, through our tongue, whether it's good or bad. How many of you here ever had a, your mouth have a bad boil over? Just like you just spoke some stuff and it was just like you just went Bleh! all over somebody. That, that was yuck. I could have done without doing that probably. But, <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about. Jesus said in Luke chapter 6 verse 45, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance or the overflow of the heart, his mouth speaks. Now, this is a very concerning statement. Uh, and, and it's almost like we can look at that and go, really? Whatever is in my heart is just going to boil over and out of my mouth? Somebody say, yikes. <laughs> the theme of our heart is heard 
from the words that we speak from our tongue or from our mouth, the things that we say. And if we want to know what our theme is, all we have to do is record ourselves for a day or two and then listen to it, and we'll find out what the theme of our life and the theme of our heart is. Now, I, I knew that it would get a little quieter right about now, and this is where confession time comes in. This is something that God deals with me about often, probably daily, and that is uh, about my words. Now, when I say my words and, and my heart boiling over with a, 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 a bad things, I'm not talking about so much cussing because, I, you know, I, I, thankfully, God delivered me from cussing. I got, I got saved in 1975, and it's probably about time that that happened, right? I mean, after a few years, you know. And so I'm not, I, I, and I'm not patting myself on the back. God help me. I had a foul mouth before I got saved. I, and I'm not going to even practice some of that. I had a foul mouth we, in, in high school. We were, we were trash mouth. It, it was... Anyway, not good. But when I got saved when I was uh, 19, God began to wash, he washed my mouth out with, with not with soap, but with, uh, uh, with his blood. And gave me some new things to say. And, and a new heart that began to say. And so it's not so much that God deals with me, because I don't, you know, I do get angry sometimes driving. And uh, my word of choice from years back has always been, you idiot. And I have, I have had God help me to where I don't say that as much as I used to, right, Cindy? She's not in her head. What's she supposed to do? Like, you know, put her on the spot. But I, I don't say idiot as much as I used to. I, I kind of have, uh, I use the more subtle now, dingbat, with emphasis. Dingbat. So I know you, some of you thinking, man, you, you just you got it down, those things. You, you know, but really, the sins of my mouth are more sarcasm, criticism, uh, skepticism, and God deals with me about it a lot because that's a bad thing, all of those things, sarcasm, criticism, skepticism, all that. That's a bad thing. You know, uh, when, first thing in the morning, when I get in the, in the morning, I have devotions in the morning, I pray. And when I'm by myself praying, man, I, I, I feel uh, inspired. I, I, feel, I'm, I, I feel trusting. I feel compassionate toward people. I feel holy, you know, because I'm all by myself. Then when I get finished praying, I get into the office with John and Harry and, and Andrew and, and Jason and you know, sometimes I just feel the need to say something about my opinion at the moment. And sometimes it's just joking. Other times it uh, has maybe a little more of an edge on it, depending on how I feel at the moment. But I'm, I'm like everyone else here. I, I get convicted over the things sometimes that I say and, and the words and, and what is coming out of my heart. That really convicts me that out of, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's convicting, isn't it? Yeah. 
Somebody tell me I'm not alone up here. Feeling a little bit lonely up here, folks. <laughs> now, this, this isn't a minor issue. It's a big deal because it has to do with our life and our ability to, uh, and capacity to live life well and enjoy it more. In, in Proverbs 4, verse 23, it says, keep your heart. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. And we're to guard our hearts. We're to keep it. That word keep means to guard and, and, and to keep because, uh, uh, and carefully because out of that heart springs the issues of life. Springs the issues of life. And you know how those issues of life spring out of our heart? Through what we say, the words that we speak. Now, the theme of our heart is revealed by our words. Proverbs 18, verse 21 says, The tongue has the power of life and death. First Peter chapter 3, verse 10 says, For he who would love life and see good days, let him refrain or hold back his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Now, this verse is telling us that our capacity, our ability to enjoy life and live a good life has to do with what we say. And the reason this is true is because it's from our heart that springs the issues of life, and those issues of life are revealed by the words that we speak. Somebody say that's right. And if our mouths... Our tongue, our words are evidence that our heart needs a better theme. What do we do about it? How do we make the good theme of God's good news stick? Now again, the gospel is good news. And we should be, listen, as God's people, we should be the most positive, contented, joyful, upbeat people around. Isn't that right? But how many know we're not always that way possibly? And why is that? We know what Jesus has done in us, right? We know that he's forgiven us, right? We know what he has promised us in this life and in the life to come. And that being so, how is it even possible that we wouldn't always have a good thing coming out of our heart? I think that possibly one of the reasons is that we live in such a media-driven world. We hear so much negative junk going on. And then we're sometimes around stupid people that say stupid things. Not anybody here, but just, you know, out there. We have negative influence from the media. Uh, and, and truthfully, and the world that we live in, I, I don't believe that we're going to ever really, in, in this side of eternity, uh, feel just completely necessarily safe or that the world is uh, sane this side of eternity, uh, because we, we're living in, I believe, the last days. And because of that, it's, Jesus said, the Bible says perilous times will come. In the last days, perilous times come. Paul wrote that, didn't he? Said that there are going to be dangerous times that will come. I, I don't know that we're ever going to feel that sense 
of, of, as far as the world goes, of complete safety or sanity until Jesus comes back again. That doesn't mean that you and I as God's people need to be fearful and, and afraid because of this unsafe world. Thank God he's made preparation for us in the midst of this weird, weird world. But anyway, how do, we, how do we keep the negative junk around us from becoming our theme? How do we make the good theme of God's good news stick inside us? Listen, we have got to let God's Word become the dominant influence in our lives. Over CNN, uh, Fox News, uh, any other news outlet, uh, or any other stupid person that says stupid things. Again, not anybody here, but somebody out there that may say something stupid. In John 8, verse 31 and 32, Jesus said, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now, ever since I gave my life to Christ, I've heard sermon after sermon. I've read this verse, verse 32. I've spoken this verse, verse 32 to myself. I've heard it preached on over the years. Uh, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. But listen, verse 32 should never be quoted just by itself uh, because it starts with that three-letter word, that conjunction, and... So that word and that starts verse 32 connects it with verse 31. And so what is it saying? What is Jesus saying? He's saying if we abide in his word, then we'll know the truth and the truth will make us free. We can be free. To, we are free tonight in him. And how do we, how do we feel or sense that freedom more in our life. It comes by abiding in His Word. The word abide means literally to continue, to dwell, or to live in, to endure, and to remain. And if the truth uh, uh, sets us free, that truth will set us free if uh, we abide, continue, dwell, live in, endure, and remain in His Word. Somebody say, that's good. In Proverbs 4, verse 20 through 23, the Word of God says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it, and there's that word, a spring that overflow the issues of life. Tonight, when we give attention to God's word and keep it in our hearts, you know what they are? They are life and health. Any one of us, and I speak this word to myself whenever I am sensing something in my body that doesn't line up with wholeness, I speak that word. God, your word is life and health to me. It is strength to me. Your word gives me life. It's health to all my flesh. Can you say amen? 
And he goes on to say that uh, life will spring out of our hearts. That's all right. If God's word, if we abide in that word, his life will literally, it'll spring out. We need to have God's life spring out of us. Right? Life. Let's let life spring out. I want life to spring out of me. I don't want to be one of those people that's always about doom and gloom and negativity and oh, everything's bad. The world's going to hell in a wheelbarrow and all of that kind of stuff. You know what? We need to be people of life. If we abide in God's word, give it attention in our lives, keep it in our hearts, you know what will happen? It will become our theme song. God's Word will become our theme song. It's a beautiful song, isn't it? Now, I'm not talking about ignoring the trouble that's around us. I'm talking about overcoming it. Jesus didn't tell us as his people to ignore realities, did he? He didn't tell us just to stick our heads in the sand and just ignore all the stuff that's going on. In fact, uh, this, is, this is what Jesus said to his disciples. He said, these things I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. <laughs> Jesus said there's going to be plenty of trouble. They're going to, in the world, you're going to have tribulation. That means pressure, squeezing, caught between a hard place and a rock that we'll experience that pressure sometime in this world. Tribulation, and you might just say, and, and paraphrasing, you're in a heap of trouble, boy. <laughs> now tell yourself or somebody, you're in a heap of trouble, boy. <laughs> but he didn't stop there, did he? He followed that up by saying, be a good cheer. I have overcome the world. Now I'll tell somebody, you're in a heap of trouble, boy. But be of good cheer. See, it's about his ability to overcome the stuff in this world. He didn't just say uh, that in this world you're going to have tribulation, period. He said, be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. And if he has overcome the world, we as his people can overcome the world. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. There's always good news in the midst of the bad. The good news isn't that we'll escape all the pressures or problems of life, but it is that we'll overcome. How do we overcome? By abiding, continuing, dwelling in, living in, enduring by, and remaining in his word. Uh, John, again, 1633, these things Jesus said, I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Uh, these things Jesus says, I've spoken to you, that my word will give you peace and good cheer. I am thankful tonight that even though we live in a world that's messed up and that has problems, May, there may be tribulation in this world. There may be pressure. We may be living in perilous times, but we as God's people can be of good cheer. We can have 
peace in the midst of our lives. We don't have to be fearful of, of what comes next. We can be joyful and full of cheer because his victory is our victory. The way to make the good theme of God's word and God's good news stick in our hearts is to plant his word deep inside us. Two things I want to just touch on, and then we're going to pray tonight. Two things God's word is to us. First of all, God's word is a sword. In Ephesians 6, verse 17, it says, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. But God's word is a sword that will cut through the darkness and bring light. There have been times in my life where things look so dark and so uh, uh, troubling that I didn't know how I was going to get through. But then the Word of God would come in the midst of that darkness and penetrate like the cutting of a sword, and I would feel the light of God's Word give me hope. You know what? The, the, the best thing in the world for us to do is when we're going through something, is get in the Word. Don't, don't just uh, 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 seclude yourself at your house. Get in, come and, and let God's Word. You know, sometimes we feel like, well, I just, you know, I really don't feel that bubbly tonight. I, I think I'll just stay home. Or this Sunday, I just don't feel that, that great. And I don't want to rub off my bad feelings on anybody. You come. That's what we're here for. That's the church is here for us when we're struggling, isn't it? And we need to come and hear the Word of God. Let that Word of God, you know, I can tell you from experience over the years in my life and life of so many other people, they, and some of you came tonight, uh, you probably wrestled with coming out. Some of you thought, ah, yeah, let's just stay home and and uh, watch whatever it is that's on and just kick back tonight. But you came tonight, and God's Word is bringing light. You know what it does? It's like a sword that cuts through the darkness and reveals God's light. Shows us a way, doesn't it? Try that next slide for me, if you will. I'm having trouble advancing. That's what I get. Okay, Psalm 119, verse 130 says, The entrance of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. The answer to bad, to bad news is God's word. You get an unexpected bill. You know what you need to do is let the word of God cut through that uh, bad, and I don't mean tear it up, <laughs> but... But speak the word of God over it and say, But my God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. If we get bad news from a doctor, and you know what? Sometimes a, a doctor's word comes uh, as a, uh, a shock. It can be uh, devastating, the words that are spoken from a doctor but we get that. God's word it can cut through that negative. And it's not that the doctor's evil. It's not that his way. Now, I, never mind. I won't get off base. You have to watch what you listen to. That, that's my point. You've got to be careful. And I'm not talking. Don't rebuke your doctor. He's just doing the best that he can and giving you possibly even uh, true information as he sees it, or, or factual, I should have said. 
factual information as he sees it. But that's not the final truth. Uh, those doctors' words may be uh, frightening. They may be devastating. But God's word is truth over fact. And tonight we can know if we get a, a doctor report that's troubling, we can hear God's word cut through that with I will never leave you or forsake you and listen to God say to us again I am the Lord who heals you God's word is a sword and then finally tonight God's word is a seed if you advance that next slide Luke 8 verse 11 Jesus is talking about the parable of the sower and he says the seed is the word. God's word is a seed, and we need to allow that to get planted deep into our hearts. And we do that by reading it. We do it by thinking about it, meditating on it. And as we read God's word, as we hear God's word, as we think about it, as we let it mull over in our hearts, you know what will happen? It will cause our hearts to overflow with a good thing. We have got to let God's Word dominate all other negative influences and the junk in our lives. The gospel tonight is good news. Good news. I came tonight to speak to you and to me God's good news. Say gospel. Good news. Jesus is good news. And tonight, no matter what it is that we're facing in our life, the gospel of Jesus Christ is good news in the midst of a bad news world. Amen. Amen. Thank God. Thank God. <clears throat> Let's bow our heads tonight. If you, if you, I mentioned that at the end of the service, we'd have a time to pray. If you've never given your life to Christ, or maybe you've been away from him for a time, and tonight you need to know the reality of his forgiveness for your sins, his cleansing, his freedom. Thank God he does set us free. You, we do not have to live our lives tra feeling trapped uh, by our behavior or by the circumstances around us. Good news tonight. Good news is that Jesus died, shed his blood to bring forgiveness. And if you're here tonight, you've never been saved, or you have been, you've been away from the Lord for a time, you say, tonight, would you remember me in, in prayer tonight for forgiveness? I want the blood of Jesus. I need the blood of Jesus to, to cleanse me. And you'd like to be remembered in this closing prayer in that way. You just slip your hand up where I can see it in order to include you in this prayer. Praise God all across this building. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Let's stand to our feet tonight. We're going to pray together. As, and just as, as a way of dismissal, our prayer team is going to be up here at the front. Afterwards, if you would like personal prayer, they'd be happy to pray with you and believe God. These are people who have a, uh, a private prayer life in their lives so that when they come publicly like this to pray with you, they can agree with you and believe with you. We've had people uh, healed. We've had people forgiven. We've had people released and set free. We've had people's needs met of all kind, of financial needs, everything by 
by uh, some of these folks just praying, laying hold of God for you. And so if you'd like to come afterwards and, and have them pray with you, they'd be happy to. Let's pray tonight together. Would you bow your head and close your eyes and just say this uh, brief prayer with me. Jesus, Jesus. thank you for the gospel, for your good news. You came and died for me, and I have received your forgiveness. And tonight, my heart overflows with a good theme, because my trust is in you, in your name, the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Now would you give the Lord just a big clap and thank you. Thank you for listening to the Praise Chapel Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.